Well, good afternoon. This is episode 30 here on uh, The Future of Sport with Alan Seymour, your host on the All In Sports Talk platform. Great news today because the whole show is dedicated to the Global Sport Business Festival and the Global Sport Business Conference that we held Seems like only yesterday, but it was November the 13th at the University of Worcester. Delighted that I've got from the conference Sam Payne, a recent graduate from the school there. So Sam, perhaps tell us a little bit about your journey and and where your journey has taken you since you graduated at the university. Well, first of all, thank you for inviting me on this um, radio show and also for inviting me to the conference. I think I've got a bit of a... Uh, a unique perspective of the conference, really, because I was lucky enough to attend two years in a row. Um, so I kind of got to experience the conference as a student in my final year, and then this year also um, having graduated and now in the world of work in the sports industry. So I was lucky enough to benefit from getting the advice from the first time round, applying that advice um, into the project that I was running, which I'll, I'll kind of come on to in a, in a second then, using that advice that I got and, and, and the delegates were so helpful in, in not only the panels but the discussions that I got afterwards. Um, so I, to, to kind of summarise my story, um, I launched a park run project and for those, um, to briefly summarise park run for those not initiated, um, it's a free of charge weekly five kilometre running event in the town um, of Worcester where we live. It's completely run by volunteers um, and in order for us to fund that, I had to link in with relative stakeholders and partners and, and organisations within the local area. So at the time of my first conference, I was really it was really the start of that project, and I was looking for advice on how I can link in with partners, what we can provide them, um, and, and how I kind of manufacture that communication around those partners. Um, and I remember one key bit, and I mentioned this in the conference recently. I remember one. Um, Dr. Bill Sutton actually two years ago saying nobody gives you money unless they know who you are before you ask them for money and that was such, that was just incredible advice for me so what we, from there we began building up relationships with our city councils with our, even with the university different people in there um, with local running clubs and, and just various organisations and after we built up those relationships then we went and, and applied for the money and, and that's how we got um, the, the, the £3,000 we needed to, um, to launch the project. And uh, interestingly, skipping forward a few years to this most recent um, conference that, again, you were kind enough to invite me on, it was, it was a completely different experience because from there I was now looking for advice on how we can take this project that we've launched and take it further. So now, um, and Jackie Fast was a brilliant one that um, kind of summarised what do you want to do with your platform that you have now and, and how to utilise um, different organisations again to, to, to kind of build that project going further. So to kind of summarise, I thank you enough and hopefully I might get an invite next time so I can just continue the journey and, and learn even more. So thanks again. 
Well, I, I don't really know what to say. And as Paul and many of my fellow followers and people, I'm never short of a word or two. But I think the only thing I can gracefully do now, Sam, is hand over the running of the conference. And you will be the guest speaker next year. And you can organise it. Because with that testimonial and that kind of insight, etc., etc. But seriously, it is so rewarding. And I know uh, Dr. Paul Blakey sat next to you, the power of visual radio almost. But it, it is so rewarding and it's a great, great commentary. It's a great testimonial and everything that we do. But we've only just begun. And what I like about what you've said is, you know, you can't stand still. Sport, you know, the, the famous phrase is, but you're only as good as your last game. And you continually, continually need, uh, need to improve and better, you know. And some of the things that you've picked up on, you know, I pick up on as well. I go to conferences, I may organise some, but I sit there as a, as a delegate. I sit there as a learner and, you know, and you can't hear better than Dr. Bill Sutton. And I'm remarking now on some of the things that I know he's, he's said and many of the speakers and I think interestingly and tellingly you know you have got to be positive you've actually got to go out there and be assertive you know you've got to make those requests you know I often say tell tell and tell again you know don't be afraid without being a nuisance but the persistence and the classic that I always learned was and I mean it's a kind of sales mantra in a way but I think it's a relationship mantra now in the platforms that we've got that you've got to make it easy or easier for people to say yes and the more you do that, the better you get at it. And you know what happens then? It almost as well makes it difficult or more difficult for them to say no. And I think it's a great segue for us to move on. And I, like, I want to really take you back a bit. And maybe Paul might want to say a few things here. Because this doesn't just happen. And obviously you were at school one day. You were in the sixth form maybe one day. You were talking with your parents, your friends. Which university to go to? What course should I study? Perhaps try and revisit that a little bit, Sam. And tell us about some of the decision making. Some of the thoughts that you had. Maybe some of the things that you've now learned in, and put them in perspective what made you choose sport and what perhaps made you choose sport business well interestingly i think that leads into the conference quite nicely again um because what, uh, one of the key bits that came out of the conference i can't remember what what phrase it was it um professors of practice or something I yeah think that was the, the key phrase and I, and I attended another conference that same week where they termed it um practitioners <laughs> which is, i think is a funny phrase okay um, so i think what sport as an industry does really well is it links these people of practice um and i think it links with the education industry quite well so you almost get these professors of practice and dr bill sutton um touched on that so why i like this, the industry of sport and exercise um is because there's a real key pathway between your lecturers and what you can do with that knowledge and, and how they can help you um, and kind of going specifically to the, the world of sport I just I just get so passionate about um, just helping well sport has done so much for me in terms of giving me confidence and, and, and everything like this so I just thought let's try and package that up and give it to the people who need it the most and as I said University of Worcester and, and, and in various other areas is a is a really clear pathway where you can learn from your lecturers and, 
and go on and apply that into the field. And it's, a, it's a quite a easy bridge to cross. Do you know when you made this kind of not leap, because I think the seamless and the transitionary part of your story, your journey, is very significant as well. And, and I think that's one of the great things about what we can do with sport because it has so many touch points. You know, your success story now, and I'm sure there's many more to come, and there's probably many running parallel with it, but choosing a part run, choosing volunteers, choosing the way you organised it or you developed it. Tell us a little bit about maybe the origins of that. I mean, are you a runner or did it did it just happen that way or were you volunteering as quite often sports students do or all students do for that matter? So the, the origins of my Parkrun project really stemmed from, <laughs> I don't know how else to phrase it, but my naivety as a student. <laughs> <laughs> so I was attending the local, the local running um, event that we've okay. got in the city um, and it was... It was quite crowded and it's a popular event so there's about 600 people there and every week as runners do we always complain and say if, if it wasn't so crowded on the path I definitely would have got that PB or something so that's how it really stemmed from um, and then kind of we had this discussion in a lecture where uh, it was one of Paul's lectures actually um, about sponsorship and fundraising where we had to hypothetically um launch a project and come up with a concept for a project and then raise funds for it via crowdfunding. Um, so my idea really stemmed from that overpopulation of a, a local event that I'd gone to and, and my naivety kicked in and thought, well, right, that's it. I'm not going to do it. Um, I'm not going to do it falsely. I'm going to actually launch this project. You know, let's get on with it. Let's, let's not do anything false here. Um, so then I discussed with Paul and luckily, you know, he didn't, laughed me out of the building as I said and he uh, supported me on and he said yes this is great you've got the local demand for it but let's look at the difference between demands and needs for a project it's great that the local running scene wants the event but do you know the people who aren't yet involved in running do they need the event are there is there a kind of culture that aren't yet running but but would would benefit from running and then through the support from Paul and, and other lecturers at the uni, they kind of walked me through this process of gaining stakeholders and and um, and doing risk assessments and, and all all the kind of boring stuff that I actually really like and found out that I, that I love okay. it. Um, and then I was lucky enough to link in with conferences like yours and, and just a whole journey erupted from that one naive idea of right, I'm actually going to launch this project. Do you know what what you've said there, and sorry if I've cut across you there, but I think we can keep developing this, is, you know, I had a very simple uh, mantra, almost a definition, apart from obviously in teaching and lecturing, you have to have the classic conceptual and uh, and obviously the underpinning uh, uh, of serious theory, etc., etc. And I just always used to say, you know, marketing and sales and promotions, you can make it very simple. And, you know, it's all about making things happen. And unless you do that... You don't have anything really, and clearly you're a testimonial to that and, and what you've done. Highlights and failings, just as a kind of broad perspective. Highlights of part run so far, and dare I ask the question, or perhaps not failings, you know, we, we don't talk about failures. No, perhaps we just talk about some things that have not gone as well, maybe. I think the word failings is a really key point, and I think it was Paul that said... To be a sport, anyone in the world of sport, you have to just be relentless. And that is so true because you 
get so many failures on a, on a daily basis, things that don't work as well right. as you want, money that doesn't come through, and that happens so many times in our park. And I remember writing this huge funding application to the NHS, um, and, it, and I'm still convinced it was the best bit of writing yeah. I've ever done in my life, but it came back unsuccessful, and that, that really hit me hard. And yeah. then I remember talking to Paul and other lecturers, and they said, that's, that's just life, get on with it, move yeah. on, find something different. And that's, so in terms of key failings, there have been loads. There have been, um, our initial idea was to launch the project in a completely different location, and, right. and they said no, it wasn't suitable there, so we had to go back to the drawing board and find another one, and then it turned out that that one wasn't, you know, there's just a constant cycle of converting failures into successes, and that's, that's where I think you really succeed as a sports development officer or anybody who works in sport. You've just got to keep your head up and, and march forward. And, and I think also we all know the the benefits of, of being persistent and, and sticking to things and really planning. And, and obviously you've already highlighted, and I think it's very refreshing to hear this uh, from you, Sam, because I remember listening to the USF, University of South Florida presentations, you know, and yeah, there, there's, the, there's the fist pumpers and there's the high fivers and there's, you know, everything's fantastic, you know, and maybe, you know, everybody perceivably wants to be that but no they don't and you know and I remember one of the uh, female presenters as it happened stood up to the question is there anybody you know interested in financing sport and she she didn't nervously she was very proud to put her hand up and discussed it and you've readily accepted that you kind of like doing some of what is notionally the boring stuff or the admin stuff or the, the tedious stuff and so clearly you know as a trait if you can overcome and see the obstacles quite often as the challenge and as actually the trigger that is going to make it even better you know though that's fantastic i'm going to pause for a minute if i can paul i mean it's it's a proud moment and i have no shame in saying that or embarrassment in saying that i know you're sat there uh, alongside um, sam at the moment you must be immensely proud of what he's done uh, as i would be every time you see a student success story tell us a little bit about maybe the background to students like sam and your approaches with some of your students on developing them and then kind of giving them their reins to to, to explore and, and and to experience things so just a little bit about the back because i think that's a fascinating and a very important relevancy when we go on uh, before we finish this uh, conversation and interview, to talk about the broader perspectives of global sport business education. Give us some insights there, Paul, if you would. Yeah, hello, Alan. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's a good case in point with Sam that I, I was just reflecting there and thinking, you know, this is actually what we try to do. And it, it indicates the kind of interconnectedness of each of the different modules across the three years of an undergraduate programme. So, you know, in, 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 in Sam's case in particular, he's, he's actually been able to sync more than one module across more than one academic year to bring together a project that he's taken externally and is, is, is now being very successful. Um, and off the back of that as well, clearly he's gained, you know, uh, a good profile locally and, uh, and he's also um, achieved a full-time job straight out of the... The, the undergraduate program that he was on. So I think what we try to do um, for all students is, is kind of sow that same seed. Um, and we, we try to encourage them to be as creative as they, they can be. But it's, it's really around 
what is their knowledge and what are their interests and and can we draw from those interests uh, material that can then be used for, for, for academic purposes, for essays, for reports, etc., etc. And, and clearly in this case with Sam, you know, he, he identified uh, a particular need, a desire in him, a need in terms of the, the, the locality and the, the running market locality uh, locally and, um, you know, and in particular then driving that project forwards with the assistance of, 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 of several members of staff from, from, from this end, but clearly he's the one who's driven that forward and that's showing additional you know, skills, personal skills, the softer skills that it's very difficult to, 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 to teach and to encourage and he's got those within him and, and, and obviously he's been very successful in the, in the project that he's put forward. So, you know, a great case study, uh, uh, you know, and, 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 and something that we try to do, you know, constantly. I mean, what I like about this, and, and we're sitting on a very momentous timing in lots of the things that we're doing collectively, obviously with my connection and now our developing connections through conferences, through FOSC, uh, Future of Sport Conference brand, and internationally and globally. Uh, and I'm going to be doing a lot, lot more at the University of Worcester, which I'm very obviously pleased and delighted uh, to be able to do. Maybe just before I go back to you, Sam, Paul, just are you in a position or do you think now in this kind of moment that we're in that there is a new emergence or a new uh, developing theme about what global or even sport business education, but let's put the global tag on as well, needs to be. Because two of the interesting comments you've made, I've always believed, and I'm now in a position where I could do it more because I've not been having come out of formal, notional formal university teaching and learning and, 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 and the university bodies, and this is not meant in any way as a criticism of any of them because they've delivered and, and been my friend for, for numerous years. But I think sometimes what is needed is a bit more creativity, a bit more innovative, innovative approaches to how we actually teach and how we put programmes together. It's kind of my pick-and-mix approach. So you sign up to be a sport business executive perhaps or you sign up to be a sport business player in the future you're not quite sure how that program over three years is going to evolve in fact as you rightly say Sam was able to sink you know more than just one year and was able to do inside the classroom and took the classroom outside the classroom that was the phrase that Bill Sutton used in his global sport business presentation so we do need I think and, and, and perhaps we could talk a little bit about how you perhaps see global sport business education developing over the next few years and, and, and how in fact perhaps we can bring together and integrate all of the stakeholders and we don't just mean students and lecturers here. What are your views and thoughts on that perspective Paul? Well I think the, the showcase that is the, the Future of Sport Conference has, has, has really tried to establish that from the beginning so you know, with with the uh, you know the tagline there of students, academics, and practitioners, that's that's really its mantra. So, you know, how you get to that point requires each of those different stakeholders, be it to to, to have a venue and a, and a and a way of meeting and, and and speaking and trying to understand each one, and and potentially you know that that, that that's now emerging, on, and that's been quite a you know a, a long slow process to to get to that point, but. I mean, I, I'm just reflect, reflecting a little bit on, um, 
on the kind of panel that that, that I moderated at the conference, yeah. and uh, that was really just to sort of showcase some of the work that we do at the University of Worcester. Um, and if you think about some of the some of the panel members, other than Sam um, and other than myself, then you know we had three other people there. One in particular, Dr. Susie Hart, who's who's from the University of Worcester, and she's in a strategic partnership position. Uh, and so really she's developing uh, partnerships from within the university, obviously out to the community, and that's both from a, a professional sport perspective, and we've got the Worcester Wolves and we've got the, the Seven Stars netball franchises, but also locally to, to schools and, 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 and colleges and other community groups. And we also host... Uh, the University of the Third Age, so we've got older members of the local community coming into the university using their facilities for sport and physical activity purposes, and all of this is being facilitated, you know, um, in and around us uh, all of the time during all of the weeks, all throughout the year, and two other members on the panel, one was uh, Dr. Alejandro Vaquera, who is also uh, linked to us through basketball, and he's actually the director of sport at Leon University in Spain. Um, and he also works closely um, with uh, the professional basketball team here, and also facilitates a link that we've got with uh, Valencia Basketball Club in Spain. And, and they actually host uh, summer camps in the UK at the University of Worcester Arena and encouraging children, obviously, to try and get involved in basketball and, and also the um, you know, ju- just the development and the thought and, and, and bringing all that together. That's a, an, an international perspective, which is, which is kind of your question. Yeah. Uh, um, how do we facilitate that? And I suspect most, you know, education providers, universities in particular, are uh, or, or have these components within them. And it's just the thought process now of us through the future of sport showcasing them and realising that this is actually what we're already doing but how can we foster them further grow them, develop them uh, grow them, develop them and, and, and make them even richer um, you know, just kind of finally there on the, the other member of the, the panel Lin, Lynette Cutting who's the education liaison officer at uh, Worcester Warriors um, so a professional um, uh, rugby union team um, and they've got links with us the university, we've just had um, um, one of their senior uh, players graduate from the university here, Donica O'Callaghan, with a sport business management uh, undergraduate award. We have other members of their first team um, working on programs at the university. And I know that they've also got other players that who have got um, international profiles and, and they're studying at other universities in the UK as well as the Open University and others um, and, and players as well who are, who are studying in other areas outside of sport business management so again there's a, a direct link to a, a local professional club that have got an international profile themselves and off the back of that you know that, that reflects on the University of Worcester in a similar way so so all of these different components beginning to showcase what we actually do along the lines of global sport business education. I, I mean, Paul, it's not only reassuring and it's exciting, uh, but it's absolutely the case and needs stating and needs 
shouting about and needs promoting and you know Sam obviously you were at the first conference you you, you obviously saw the developing uh, what were your thoughts Sam on some of the presentations for example that came out of the University of South Florida both from the perspectives maybe that Paul's talking about there and you can be free to speak now because you don't have to necessarily uh, I, I won't even go there but you're, you're sat in the University of Worcester as an undergraduate student now graduating let's be fair we were talking to a university that's in the highest echelons of sport business management, not only through its professors and, and, and its status, but importantly the fact that the students there are MBA and beyond standard. But tell us a little bit about what you gleaned from the potential and what they did at the presentations for my listeners and audience. Well, I was honestly, I was blown away by the quality of, of, of the students and the presentations that they gave. And the thing that blew me away really was was the links that they had to huge external organisations and how they managed to stand their own in those in those organisations. I think um, like they they were they were linking with some huge um, like massive sports teams and marketing agencies and they had real key roles in that. And I think it was it was quite poignant that one of them said, "You know, you're you're really." <laughs> worthwhile at an organisation when they start pulling their hair out when you've got to leave for a week. Absolutely, yeah. And I think to kind of go back to your, your, your and Paul's conversation there about how academics can link in and, and what makes a good academic is, and, and I was having this discussion with another student, or an ex-student I should say, the other day, is that we really don't care as a student what books you've written or what studies you've written or whatever, what we care about is who you can link me with in the local environment or even beyond the local environment, what, how you can support me through that link and then how you can help me thrive in that environment. I, I, to be honest, the amount of times I look up uh, my own lecturer's academic work is, is probably zero. I just I just take what's Sam, I'm going to come in here because, you know, and... Uh it is my show because I can therefore say not necessarily always what I want to do, but your analogy there is so so important, and 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 I think it is it's the you know what marketers often talk about you know uh, the added value or the unique selling point or the differential the competitive differential and so on and so forth. We can we can part that for a minute. Because I can utilise here, or I can use a phrase that often stayed with me in lots and lots of different careers I've had, but I've always kind of linked in my communication and educational sports uh, experiences and, and, uh, and interests. And I always use the analogy, if you went from, um, you know... Uh, literally John Agore to the other side of the country to Land's End and you were talking and listening to a radio station all the way through, they'd be exactly the same they'd be playing exactly the same music and it would all be the same. The difference was that the way a personalised presenter may make something different 
and say something different. And what we do in academia these days is necessary. So it's a given that you will get quality lecturers, you will get academics who have got great qualifications and have written great textbooks and do fantastic research. And long may that continue. But there is a time and a place for bringing together what you've highlighted and what we're trying to do, and my role model in this in some ways, is the connection I made nine years ago, eight years ago now with Dr Bill Sutton, and I see what they're doing, and you've identified and evidenced, and it was there for all to see, that, you know, what can be achieved is colossal. You've got to go for it, and we've got to kind of use that. Uh, 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 as, a, as a benchmark and students are great in actually seizing the moment and I've been fortunate with lots of my students and Paul and yourself are great evidence of this to see what is achievable let's try and put some summations and closures I'd love to talk all day on this because we're just at the moment now where I think lots and lots of things are developing can Park Run and your success there be transferred into other sports? And do you see, can you beat Steve Cram in getting him into in being involved? I mean, what's the next great leap that Sam Payne, without giving all your secrets away, but just tell us maybe some concluding thoughts you have for going forward, Sam. Well, I think the, the, the skills that are developed through Park Run are undoubtedly being, well, they are being used by me on a daily basis. Um, and I'll, I'll briefly touch on the story of how I got employed at, at my dream job, really, at the Sports Partnership. Is one of the stakeholders that I linked with for the Parkrun project, whether once I was a student, was the Sports Partnership for Hereford and Worcestershire. So I quite literally popped them an email as I was coming to the end of my time as a student and said, look, you know me as the person who set up Parkrun with you. <laughs> Basically, long story short, can I have a job? And <laughs> that's how it happened. So... The skills that I learned in communicating with organisations and people and, and, and building these relationships gets used on a daily basis because now I'm linking with other organisations through my job and it just becomes a one massive network of the world of sport that you get to immerse yourself in and, and be a part of. I, I mean, it, it, it's amazing. Echoes, resonance here. You know, it, it, we're having a conversation here. You know, and, and I got my own radio station because I asked could I have my own radio station. I moved into lots of things. I got, obviously, kudos and credit, but it didn't happen like that because there were so many people helping me. But, you know, I pressed a button nine years ago and said to Dr. Bill Sutton, you're my keynote speaker at my first inaugural conference. Well, where could he go with that? He said yes. And, but, and if you don't ask, you don't always get the answer you want and you've just got to move on. And as I think Paul said to you earlier, that's life, you know, uh, get on with it. I'm going to leave the last... Sam, it's been a delight, a real, real... Uh, and I can use this word to you because we've got to know each other through the conferences, uh, a privilege, and I want to see and grow with you and help you, and lots of other people will be doing the same. So you'll be at... You're, you're in the squad to travel for the Future of Sport conference, and we're going oh, great sure. places. So you better tell your people who, have to, who you report to, perhaps you don't report to anybody, but I'm <laughs> saying that seriously, obviously. I'm going to leave the last word to Dr Paul Blakey, University of Worcester, just some final thoughts on what we've talked about today, Paul. Yeah, and I think there's a there's a model there, as you're suggesting, uh, Alan. You know, not not wholly based on what we saw from the University of South Florida, but because I, I think that we, in a slightly smaller way, 
try to try to do that already. We're always trying to connect students where possible with, um, you know, the, the, the practitioner components of, of what we have locally to us in, in Worcester. And there's some great organisations that facilitate the things that we uh, we try to do. So we're trying to make assignments real. We're trying to give the, the right experience and, and insight to our students. And, uh, you know, when, when you've got large numbers on, on, on individual modules, that's actually, uh, you know, more of a task than you might expect. So, um, you know, the, the, the guys that have got the right skills, such as Sam, are, are going to be able to take up those opportunities when, 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 when they, when they come to the fore. But so, so in a smaller way, that's what we're always trying to do. And it's just to try and grow that and to extend that and to, 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 to give the best students that we have available to us to the industry so that the industry can benefit, uh, you know, in, into the foreseeable future, and I think that's now the connection that uh, that's been established. There are some, you know, quite significant names that are out there uh, as the practitioners that align themselves with the conference and and, and, and gladly came and, and, and travelled to Worcester to to speak to us all and, and gave us some really fantastic insights. And I think they they've got the opportunity now to begin to to, to look at some of the you know very very capable students that that, that are out in. Uh, in, in, in coming out of the universities, not just here and other places as well, and that's all going to benefit uh, benefit us all in in the, the family of sport. Paul, you couldn't have summarised it better. It's a great segue to say time to not close, but time to just draw a line under today's interview going forward. I particularly, particularly endorse and like the aspect of sharing and that when we don't live in a one-fits-all, you know, we can provide our own uniqueness and tailoring to, to, to the great sport business and the great sport family that you allude to. Sam Payne, Dr Paul Blakey, both from the University of Worcester and Park Run and watch for the headlines going forward with Sam Payne, uh, obviously a success story in the making. Thank you guys, take care, have a great week and we'll speak again very soon.